Hello and welcome to the Weird Science New 52 Review Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jim Warner, but today I will be the only host. And why is that? Because I'm recording this in the wee hours of the morning and Eric, Brandon, and Reggie are still asleep. But also because for the first episode, I'm going to be talking about the beginnings of the New 52. Yes, this episode will be a bit of an info dump to set up the podcast going forward. Uh, after this podcast, I'll be joined by the other hosts, uh, some of the guys I just mentioned, maybe even others, as we go through the New 52 one trade at a time. But I figured that we would start at the beginning. In this episode, I'll give a brief rundown of what led to the New 52, what the New 52 actually was, a bit of the fan reaction, and then I will go through each of the 52 books listing the creative teams and descriptions, and probably some of my thoughts of each book, or some of them. I know I, I tend to ramble on, so we'll see how that goes. But again, the regular podcast will never be this boring. The regular podcast will never just have me droning on and on like this one, uh, but sometimes necessary is boring. So, let's get going. All right, the meat and cheese of the New 52, the books. Again, there's 52 books. That's a crazy amount of books. Obviously, as time passed, some were canceled. There were others that came about. They were released in what they called waves. And right now, though, we're going to focus on the initial 52 that came out. And that's how we're going to run the podcast. Uh, we're going to pick a trade each episode. We're going to go through that trade, starting with what seems to be the one you should start with, Justice League Volume 1 Origins. Uh, but that will be for next episode. Right now, I'm going to list the books in their respective categories because they were released in these categories. And the first category is the Justice League group, and these are titles featuring characters related to the Justice League. Obviously not Batman and Superman. They have their own groups. They're fancy guys. Uh, but, yes, here are the books. Aquaman, written by Jeff Johns with art by Ivan Rice. This was actually my first book that I picked up. The Aquaman number one was my first Rebirth title, and... Really, that book was set out by Jeff Johns to turn Aquaman from a joke into a kick-ass character, and he succeeded. Uh, that was probably one of the biggest reviewed and best-reviewed books that came out in the first wave of the New 52. You also had the Justice League book, obviously, and that was written again by Jeff Johns with art by Jim Lee. And the first six issues cover the Justice League's origin that took place five years before the present day with initial team members Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, Flash, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Cyborg. And that team has pretty much remained, you know, you have Green Lanterns now, but, you know, that's kind of the iconic line as it goes up now. And again, that will be the first trade, that first six issues is the first trade, the Origins trade, that we will be discussing in the next episode of this podcast. You also had Flash, which was written by Brian Bucciolano and Francis Manipal, with art by Francis Manipal and Brian Bucciolano, and that features Barry Allen as Flash. And to me, that was one of the best-looking books that came out initially in the New 52. And it was more at Francis Manipal's layouts of that. The panel layouts and things were incredible. That was one of my first books that I jumped into as well. Uh, you have Justice League International, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Aaron Lepresti. And the initial team included Booster Gold, Fire, Ice, Rocket Red, 
Green Lantern, Vixen, August General and Irons, and Godiva, and that was a crazy book. And at the end, Booster Gold just disappeared. This only lasted uh, like two trades, and at the end, Booster disappeared, and it kind of he's been kind of jumping in and out, usually during events that he shows up. But yeah, if you're a Booster Gold fan, you can go back and see that. Uh, Wonder Woman, written by Brian Azzarello and Chris Chang, and that was one of the best books of the new 52 if you ask me it's a long burn story uh if you're reading greg rucka's story right now in rebirth this that story is kind of i don't know it started out by kind of thinking that uh that Greg Rucka was not a big Brian Azzarello fan. It kind of seems to go against that. But it's a really good story. A lot of people did criticize it, that it did concentrate more on uh, the side characters, which were pretty much the Olympians, uh, than Wonder Woman. But I thought it was great. You also had Green Arrow, uh, J.T. Kroll, and art by Dan Jurgens. Uh, you had DC Universe Presents, which was uh, various creative teams, but started with a Dead Man arc by Paul Jenkins and Bernard Chang. And this series presents multi-issue stories about different DC characters, each by a different creative team. And that was pretty cool. Uh, you had Captain Adam, written again by J.T. Kroll, and art by Freddie Williams II. And yeah, if you're reading the Fall or Rise and Fall and Rise, I, I keep getting it mixed up, the mini right now, the Fall and Rise of Captain Adam, you could go back and read this Captain Adam book. It was not well accepted, though. It, it really had some uh, bad reviews. She also had Savage Hawkman, which was written by Tony Daniel and Philip Tan, doing art and focused on Carter Hall under the name of Carter Hall. And if you're a Hawkman fan, you can go check that out. Eric, who is a Hawkman fan, that was one of the books that he was interested in, and he kind of went back and forth with it. You know, he said that some of the stories were okay, but it kind of was a mess. You also have another one of Eric's favorites, Fury of Firestorm, The Nuclear Men. The Men, written by Ethan Van Skyver and Gail Simone, with art by Yoldere Sinar. And that focused on Jason Rush and Ronnie Raymond. And the title appeared on, on the series cover was changed. The, the Nuclear Men was changed to the Nuclear Man with issue number 13. And really, that came out of the Zero issue that came. And we'll talk about that later when we do end up talking about the Fury of Firestorm. But yeah, they changed it up a bit where Jason Rush and Ronnie Raymond were like two separate entities. And it really threw me off. Erica told me all about Firestorm when I read it. I was not a huge fan. He also had Mr. Terrific, written by Eric Wallace and Gianluca Gugliata, and that was one of the books that got canceled pretty quickly. Uh, so that is the Justice League group. We also have the Batman group, obviously, and these titles feature Batman and the Batman family of characters, and of course, led by the book Batman. And that was written by Scott Snyder. And Greg Capullo. You may have heard of these guys. As with all the books associated with the DC relaunch, Bruce Wayne appears to be about five years younger in this book than in previous incarnations of the character. Superheroes at large have appeared only in the past five years and are viewed with, at best, suspicion and at worst, outright hostility. All the characters have been served as Robin, except Stephanie Brown have been accounted for as still having served at Batman's side in the new continuity. This story is built on recent developments, with most of the characters' previous history remaining intact and Bruce Wayne is again the only Batman with Dick Grayson having returned to his role as Nightwing. And really, if you talk about the new 52, you cannot, you can't discount Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman. It is one of the gems of the line. Whether you like it or not, it's, it's pretty much a fact. I loved it. The, the Court of the Owls story, the first volume of this Batman story of Scott Snyder's, it blew my mind. And I would say if you really had to pinpoint what made me a 
full-out DC fan that wanted to have a site or a podcast, it was that story, The Court of the Owls. I loved it, and I can't wait to talk about it again when we do get to that in this podcast. We also had Batwing by Judd Weinick and Ben Oliver, and initially focused on David Zavimbi. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Later, Luke Fox, but that was way in issue 20. We had Batman and Robin by Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason. Again, very familiar to people in the Rebirth reading. Uh, Features the exploits of Bruce and Damien, father and son, as Batman and Robin. We had Birds of Prey by Dwayne Swarzynski and Jesus Saez. And the initial team included Black Canary, Batgirl, Starling, Katana, and Poison Ivy, which that was the one that kind of threw some people off at first, but it was pretty cool. Uh, we had Nightwing by Kyle Higgins and Eddie Barrows. You had Dick Grayson back being Nightwing. And that was, again, that was one of my favorite runs of the New 52 it's weird because if you go back, because I was reviewing that eventually when our site started, and when I started reviewing it, it was near the end, uh, and it started to dip a little. And really, the Kyle Higgins I love as a writer. I've read a bunch of his things. His Batman Beyond 2.0, the digital comic, was incredible. Uh, DC kind of ended up screwing up Kyle and Nightwing with the Forever Evil event, which supposedly had you know, Dick Grayson die, quote-unquote die, and it ended up really messing up this run and Kyle Higgins. And to this point, he hasn't written much since then. So I don't know if it was that he was that pissed off or just he's had better opportunities. But we also have Catwoman by Judd Weinig and Gillian March, one of my favorite artists that I haven't seen in a while on DC. Batwoman by W. Hayden Blackman and J.H. Williams III. And that is a book that's mostly known for the controversy that ended up where the uh, Williams and Blackman wanted to have Kate uh, marry Maggie Sawyer. That was what the book was leading up to, and DC would not allow it, and they left the book. And unfortunately, that is kind of what that book's known for now. Not that it was an awesome book up until then, and if you like the Batwoman book now, the one that just came out, I suggest going back and reading that whole run of Blackman and Williams. It's really, really good. We also have Black, uh, Batman, the Dark Knight book, because you can never have enough Batman, and that was written by Paul Jenkins with art by David Finch. You had the Batgirl book by Gail Simone and Artie and Saif, which focused on Barbara Gordon, who had retaken the mantle of Batgirl and that was kind of a thing where she wasn't Oracle anymore. She was back to being Batgirl. They tried to explain it, and some people lost their shit over it, but it ended up a lot of people do look back at that Gail Simone run and really do like it. It's a little darker, obviously darker than what we got in the Burnside and continued into Rebirth. Uh, We had Red Hood and the Outlaws by Scott Liddell and Kenneth Rokefer, and it's funny, the last issue of Red Hood and the Outlaws in Rebirth had that exact creative team as well because Kenneth Rokefer jumped on for that issue, and again, that focused on Jason Todd. Roy Harper and Starfire. And then finally in the Batman group ends with Detective Comics, which was written uh, and art by Tony S. Daniel. Uh, now we go to the Superman group. And the Superman group are titles featuring Superman and the Superman family of characters. And if any group of books I think gets a little bit of a bad rap, it is the Superman group. I'll admit. It was kind of a wreck at points. I think that they lost direction of what they wanted to do, though at some points there's some pretty good stories. But yeah, you have Action Comics by Grant Morrison and Rags Morales, and Action Comics' first story arc details Superman's rebooted history, while the next book, Superman, actually featured his present-day adventures. And it's funny that you have this 
very similar to what you get with the actual Wonder Woman book in Rebirth. So if you wanted to see Grant Morrison's take on the jeans-wearing Superman, you, you could read Action Comics. But if you wanted to see his normal, everyday, present-day things, you'd read Superman that was written by George Perez with art by Jesus Moreno. And you could kind of get both going. I would tell you that I think that Action Comics was head and shoulders better than the Superman book, but it did have the kind of the Grant Morrison stuff where he kind of threw a lot of stuff in and some things were revisited, some things are still hanging to this day. You also have Superman or Supergirl, I mean, written by Michael Green and Mike Johnson with art by Mahmoud Asir. Uh, and that's just basically Supergirl. Uh, I, I that's one of the ones. And I, I said the reason why I really, really like the idea of this podcast is when we get to some of these books. There's a lot that I didn't read. I did not read the first couple volumes of Supergirl. I kind of jumped in later, and I really enjoyed it, went back and read some, but I, I didn't read all of it. But you also have Superboy, one of Eric's favorites, written by Scott Liddell with art by R.B. Silva. And this is Superboy's history, was intended to have most of it intact and this is the problem superboy has so many crazy things going on in his history that what scott liddell said was they really had plans on keeping with one continuity from before but writer scott liddell points out that much of the character's backstory that was tied to superman's backstory had to be erased when the changes to superman were made for the new 52 and when he talks about this it's more of him explaining why that book kind of went a little wonky uh, because they had other plans with a continuing continuity. But that is the Superman group, and we'll go on to the Green Lantern group of books. And these titles feature the members of the Green Lantern Corps as well as the other Lantern Corps of the emotional spectrum. And it was led by the title Green Lantern, written by Jeff Johns with art by Doug Mankey. And that focused on Green Lantern, Sinestro, Hal Jordan, and then eventually Simon Baz. And I love this. This was one of the runs, the Jeff Johns runs of the Green Lantern, especially at the very beginning. Uh, they He made Sinestro a Green Lantern again. Hal wasn't, and Sinestro needed Hal's help to be, you know, the Green Lantern and things like that with the promise of making Hal a Green Lantern again, and it's really good. And then when you get to the Zero issue and beyond, you actually were introduced to Simon Baz, and if you're reading Green Lanterns and really want to know Kind of what's going on in that run of Jeff Johns, you do get Simon Baz, you get uh, the Volthoom story, which is two full crossovers of Volthoom, and you also get a bit of Jessica Cruz thrown in and, you know, the initial bit with her. So it really is a great book that I love, though. It did, and all these books, the Green Lantern Group books, were really criticized of being very, very crossover heavy to the point where you would end a crossover just to begin the next crossover. It was insane. People really were upset. I know for a fact our man Reggie said that he loved the Green Lantern book until they started getting crossover crazy, and he bailed. But the other books also, Red Lanterns, had the book by Peter Milligan and Ed Bennis, and that focused on Atrocitus and his Red Lanterns. Uh, that had an up-and-down deal. Later on, Charles Sewell jumped on, and boy, that that was good. Uh, Green Lantern New Guardians by Tony Bedard and Tyler Kirk Kirkham, initially focusing on a makeshift team of quote-unquote guardians, including Kyle Rayner, 
uh, from the Green Lantern Corps, obviously. Arkillo, the Sinestro Corps uh, character. Bleeze from the Red Lantern Corps. Glomulus from the Orange Lantern Corps. Monk from the Indigo Tribe. Saint Walker from the Blue Lantern Corps. And Fatality from the Star Sapphires. And it's funny that the regular Green Lantern book and then the Green Lantern New Guardians were really my initial jump into the Green Lantern story. And boy... Green Lantern New Guardians just seem like, I don't know, Green Lantern itself seemed like the older brother. Green Lantern New Guardians seemed like the younger guys trying to, trying to be cool. And I really liked that. And Kyle Rayner, I really took to him in that book. But this all led to me reading the next book and deciding who my favorite Green Lantern was at that point and who it is to this day. And that's the book Green Lantern Corps by Peter Tomasi with art by Fernando Passerin. And it focused on Green Lanterns, John Stewart and Guy Gardner. And that's really, I became a Guy Gardner fan for life. Boom, boom. And I really, I fell in love with Guy Gardner in this book. Eventually it shifted mainly to be just about John Stewart. Uh, but boy, I love Guy Gardner. And it's funny, you, you look at this. Right now we have the Green Lantern, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, and the Green Lantern's book. If you were a Lantern fan and wanted the diverse bit of the Lantern Corps, the whole emotional spectrum, you had a lot to pick from in the beginning of the New 52. Though, I, I don't know, when I, when I read everybody's opinions of these, it's kind of mixed, but I, I think it was pretty good. But now you have the dark titles, and this is where we're going to get to some books that really you don't have a lot of these characters of these type of books now in Rebirth. Rebirth, to me, was very safe. It was the very safe picks of what books to go with, the tried and true ones. Uh, this is where after these, like from this dark moment and on, you're going to get a lot of crazy books because this is the dark section. And these are titles with supernatural, fantasy, and horror themes, including titles and characters formally belonging to the Vertigo imprint. It is very Vertigo heavy. And you have Animal Man by Jeff Lemire and Travel Foreman. And this series follows Buddy Baker and his family as he searches for the source of his powers, eventually discovering the red and tying it into the green and all this. And I think it's one of the best books of the New 52. I really do. It only lasted, I believe, into the tw – I think it was maybe issue 20. I'd have to look. But it's awesome. And, in fact, I'll give you a little deal, a little spoiler alert. It will be the second book that we talk about. Once we do the volume one of Justice League, we'll, we'll be going to Animal Man volume one. And I think it's awesome. Now, the next one is Swamp Thing. And everybody loves Swamp Thing. Uh, when it started out in the New 52, written by Scott Snyder, with art by Yannick Paquette, and it featured Alec Holland's Swamp Thing. And I did watch a video during that uh, Midtown Comics launch of Just League. Scott Snyder was there talking to people, and he was really excited to talk about Swamp Thing. And basically, he described it as Alec Holland remembering his past and kind of wanting to try to get away with it. It, it. it deals with him wanting to get away from the green, become, you know, a normal guy, whatever. Uh, and it was really good. Uh, this was another one that Charles Soule later took over, and it was really, really good. And then it got canceled. But you go next with Resurrection Man by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning with art by Fernando Dagnino. And that featured Mitch Shelley, a character that was actually created by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning in the 90s, and they based that off of Marvel's Mr. Immortal, another book that I never read. I've never read any of the Resurrection Man 
we used to have a guy, Ryan, on the podcast. It was one of his favorite titles. So I, I, that's another one. I can't wait to dive into that and see what that's like. We, now we have Justice League Dark, written by Peter Milligan and art by Michael Yannon. Michael Yannon, who's now uh, on the Batman book. And that originally featured John Constantine, Madame Xanadu, Deadman, Shade, The Changing Man, and Zatanna. And that's a crazy team. And Eric loved that book. I read the first arc. I really liked it. I didn't really follow it after that. We also, Now we have a fan favorite, Demon Knights, written by Paul Cornell and Diogenes Neves on art. And it's a medieval team featuring Etrigan, Madame Xanadu, Vandal Savage, Shining Knight, The Horsewoman, El Jabbar, and Exoristos. And again, you're not going to get a book like this right now in Rebirth where everything is very safe. This is not a safe book. It's crazy. Eventually, they did lay hints and then did say that this was the original iteration of Stormwatch back in medieval times, which is crazy. Uh, the next book is I, Vampire by Joshua Hale Falkoff and art by Andrea Sorrentino. And it featured sexy 600-year-old vampire Andrew Bennett, who eventually, I think, at, went on to join the Justice League Dark after this book was canceled. It's a really good book. It, it's really good. It's not your typical... You know, this is one that really seems like a, a Vertigo-type book. It, it's not your typical, like, superhero deal, and it, it's really cool. And now we go to a book that I loved, and I talk about it sometimes on the regular podcast. It's Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, and that was by Jeff Lemire with art by Alberto Ponticelli. It focused on Frankenstein, Father Times, uh, Father Time, and the members of the secret organization called Shade. I loved it. I thought it was fun. It was the second book that I bought. I bought Aquaman number one, and then I bought Frankenstein Agent of Shade number one the next week when I first started getting into it. And it was really kind of a joke with me and Eric where we we actually – I looked at my phone and got all the titles and, and read them off to Eric when we really – decided like oh i want to know about this new 52 and when i talked to him about it i just kept saying frankenstein agent of shade so when i went to the comic store i saw it i was like that looks pretty fucking cool and it, i didn't know who jeff lemire was or alberto ponticelli i had no idea i just there was frankenstein i knew who frankenstein was just because he's frankenstein and i gave it a try and i really really enjoyed it uh but that's the end of the dark section now we go to the edge we only have two more so you just calm down you people uh the edge these are titles with war science fiction western or crime themes and included titles and characters formerly belonging to the wild storm imprint and unfortunately as we go down this list of the edge books these really were the books that ended up being canceled quickly. A lot of them. You'll see. Some of these are still continuing. But you have The Suicide Squad, written by Adam Glass and Federico Dallaccio and Ransom Getty. And that the initial team members were Harley Quinn, Deadshot, El Diablo, Voltaic, Black Spider, Savant, King Shark, and Yo-Yo. It's a crazy team. If... If you want to know one of the cult favorites, the, you know, the, the favorites of people in the beginning of the New 52, people love King Shark. King Shark was such a fan. Eric loved King Shark and Suicide Squad. And there's another one. I read a couple of the initial issues of Suicide Squad. Uh, then Eric was reviewing it and reading it. And at the beginning, when we first started the 
site before we had a podcast even and even a little bit after we were not reading each other's books there were a lot of books that didn't cross over between both of us and suicide squad was one of them then we have deathstroke written by kyle higgins with art by joe bennett and that was pretty much deathstroke i actually have a review of issue number one on the site i went back and reviewed that and it was pretty good but i don't know deathstroke it seemed at that point not that many people were in the deathstroke uh but yeah voodoo a Wildstorm character, Ron Mars, and Sammy Bassery, and that featured the Wildstorm character, but with different abilities. And then you had Stormwatch, written by Paul Cornell, and Miguel A. Supervida, and the initial team included Jack Hawksmore, Apollo, Midnighter, Jenny Quantum, The Engineer, Adam One, Martian Manhunter, Emma Rice, and Harry Tanner. And yeah, that's the Wildstorm team, Stormwatch, and that book was not great. It really wasn't. It had its issues. It lasted a while. I'll tell you, if you want to read an awesome Stormwatch uh, issue from that, I believe it's issue number 30. It's the last issue when Sterling Gates jumped on just to do one issue. It was awesome, but that team ended up, Lobo ended up joining at one point, and it really was a mess. Uh, you have the book, or the book Grifter, written by Nathan Edmondson and Cafu on art, and that's obviously the Wildstorm character, Cole Cash. All-Star Western, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray, with Maura Tatt on art. It starred Jonah Hex and Amadeus Arkham, set in the Old West. I really liked it. I liked that whole run. I thought it was pretty cool. You have OMAC, written by Dan DeDio and Keith Giffen. It's OMAC. I don't even have notes. OMAC. Uh, that didn't last very long. War, uh, Men of War, written by Jonathan Vankin, Ivan Brandon, and Tom Derenick. And Phil Winslade. Uh, so you had Jonathan Vankin and Ivan Brandon writing and Tom Derenick and Phil Winslade on art. And that featured Sergeant Joe Rock, grandson of the famous Sergeant Rock himself. It's a war book. Again, uh, it was okay. People didn't really jump on that. You also have Blackhawks. Uh, the Blackhawks team, written by Mike Costa and Ken Lashley. It's funny, uh, people who are reading All-Star Batman right now, the Blackhawks are the team that is kind of chasing Batman down. Uh, so that, But this book got canceled very quickly. And one last bunch of books, Young Justice books, featuring teenage characters and superhero teams. And you had Blue Beetle, written by Tony Bedard and Ig Guerrera. Eric really enjoyed that run and says that it's head and shoulders uh, better than what we're getting now in Rebirth, but that's, you know, that's up for discussion. We have Legion Lost, written by Fabian Nessessa and Pete Woods. The initial team of Legion Lost included Chameleon Girl, Dawnstar, Gates, Timberwolf, Tellus, Tyrock, and Wildfire. And the Legion Lost characters in this book are stranded in the 20 First century Earth during a mission to save the future, and they're forced to remain there after contact, uh, contracting a pathogen that could destroy the 31st century if they return. You have Teen Titans by Scott Liddell and Brett Booth. Initial team consisted of Red Robin, Kid Flash, Superboy, Wonder Girl, Solstice, Skitter, and Bunker. And really, if any book is maligned more than the Teen Titans in the New 52, I don't know what it would be. A lot of people got angry about it. Red Robin was kind of a dick throughout the whole thing. It, it went through a lot of different iterations. It really had some problems. Uh, the next book, Legion of Superheroes by Paul Levitz and Francis Portella. And the Legion did not undergo a reboot. This is another one. Everybody does point out the books that really didn't go through reboots were the Batman and the Green Lantern books. They continued and they had the real big stories before. Uh, 
the Legion of Superheroes didn't as well. Uh, what happened is the post-Infinite Crisis Legion remained more or less intact, having lost contact with their Superman after the events of Flashpoint. Now, you also have Static Shock, written by Scott McDaniel and John Rosam, and art by Scott McDaniel. And this was a redesign of Dwayne McDuffie's milestone character, Virgil Ovid Hawkins. And that did not last very well, which was a shame. And with the milestone being announced as coming back kind of like the Wildstorm, or as Eric combines them as the Milestorm, uh, I think that we'll see more Static Shock soon, but I really haven't heard much news about the Milestone stuff coming back, so I hope we get that soon. And there's Hawk and Dove, the last book on our entire list of 52 books, Hawk and Dove, written by Sterling Gates and art by the loved Rob Liefeld, and it featured the team of Hank Hall and Don Granger as Hawk and Dove. And so that was it. That's all the books. So how was the New 52 received? Well, it's such a large and diverse lineup. I think it's easy to say that there was mixed reactions with critics and fans, and that would be to be expected. Uh, but some books like Jeff John's Aquaman was looked at as a new kick-ass beginning for a character that had been on the, the brunt of jokes for years, while others wondered what the hell was going on with books like Mr. Terrific, which nobody liked. However, I think that DC's plan to get new readers on board was a success, and sales numbers showed that. And I know for a fact that it worked on me. Okay, so this is the part that I tell you how the New 52 made me a fan of DC Comics, and this is my story. Uh, Basically, it starts with meeting Eric, and I got a new job working with Eric, and when I started working with him, I think he hated my guts, and I don't like to meet people, so I just kind of didn't say anything, but we started talking about you know, just interest in things and realized that we had very common interest in 80s movies. Uh, While I didn't like uh, horror movies like he does, uh, we liked a lot of different movies, TV shows, the same kind of things. But then we started talking about comics, and comics were something that I was interested in. I was interested in the DC characters from movies, cartoons, things like that, and especially the Batman 66 TV show as a kid, uh, watching reruns of that. But I never really had gotten into comics, mainly because it seemed to be too intimidating to me. Uh, the issue numbers, again, the you know comics that were in uh, issue 300 or whatever, I know how I am. Because of that, I would have to go back and read every other issue thinking I'd have to do that so I didn't get in and also I'd hear about Green Lantern and I think there's one Green Lantern I find out there's goddamn 7 million and then it threw me off as well so me and Eric were talking and he just kept telling me about different DC characters really focusing on the Green Lantern Corps was a big thing and his Green Lantern history all the different Green Lanterns and Batman came into it but it was really Green Lantern so we talked and talked about it and then we heard the announcement that Alan Scott the Green Lantern Alan Scott was announced as being gay when they were going to release that second wave of books which was about a year later after the uh, the New 52 started with the the Earth 2 book and Eric was very interested in that those were a lot of his characters that he loved so we started talking about the New 52 and I ended up kind of looking into it and researching it before Eric Eric just heard oh Earth 2 I might have to check that out he had been out of comics he hadn't been going to the comic book shop at all and so I looked looked into it and I'm like, oh my God, they started with number ones. This is some a place for me to easily jump on with things. And it really got me excited. I went and I bought Aquaman number one. 
And I loved it. The New 52 issue of Aquaman number one. Thought it was great. Again, I'm not a guy who ever really thought that Aquaman was a joke. I just, I didn't really know. I wasn't really that involved. Uh, so I really liked it. I, I came into work. Now, I had something to actually talk to Eric about. And I had, you know, all of a sudden, I was an expert of Aquaman. And I thought I was a fancy fella. So I'd go. And then the next weekend, I, I mentioned it earlier, I went to the shop. Because our shop that we got books at was only open on the weekends. It's at this farmer's market in town. It's now closed. It's a friend of Eric's who actually ran it. Uh, So there was no Wednesday new comic book day for us back in the day. It would be Friday night at the earliest. But I went on a Saturday, picked up Frankenstein Agents of Shade because I read Aquaman. I really liked it. I went in, wanted to check it out. Then the next week, I ended up getting Nightwing number one. It just went on and on. But then when the 2012 event, the zero month happened, which was the year they have these anniversary events in the new 52. And the first one was zero month where every issue had a zero issue. That had origins of the main characters, of the teams, things like that. It it wasn't fully that on some books. Some of the books threw me off. I mentioned earlier the the one zero issue that threw me off. I read that uh, Firestorm issue first, and it kind of changed up the team. So then going back to the number one was crazy. But uh, when that happened, I jumped full in. And I went in, and eventually in the month of September 2012, I ended up pretty much buying almost all of the zero issues. And also, that was what ended up making me realize I better switch to digital because I had no way to I, – I didn't even know what bags and boards were at that point. So they were just in this pile. So I had 52 issues plus my other couple issues in this pile. Shit was getting ruined. And I'll admit I still have some of those that I haven't read yet. I was just so excited to get involved and have something to talk to Eric about. But also I had – the desire to become a comic fan for most of my life. I just never knew where to jump in, what to do, how, who to get, what not. And also, when I was a kid, it was not looked on kindly. You could get beaten up if you brought a comic book to school. So I never really got fully into that. But after that, I caught up on all the books and really liked, uh, and I, I had a pull list for the first point. Now, again, it ended up being a digital pull list, but I remember thinking back, my original pull list was Justice League Batman Aquaman, Nightwing, and ended up being Green Lantern Core when I really got into that. Batman and Robin from Eric uh, suggesting that and Frankenstein Agents of Shade. And I really, really enjoyed it. And then that went on to the following summer where we started our site. We actually were reading the comics for a year or so uh, before we even started our site. And that really increased my pull list freaking eightfold it seemed to me and eric it it was so fun i'm telling you people who are listening that started a site or a podcast uh i hope that they had as much fun as when me and eric sat down and we sat down and had to decide which books we would be reviewing and it was great we we listed them all out and it was like a like an nfl draft where free at making deals and stuff probably to this day was the funny the the most fun that we've had with the podcast or the the website it was so much fun uh but yeah we picked our books and i told you earlier when we did separate the books there were books there were and our policy of reviewing everything it was a policy way back then we didn't really follow it at first because we didn't really know how to write a review we didn't know how long it would take we didn't know it, and we were still a year and a half from a podcast so we were just doing the books but i wasn't reading a lot of eric's books vice versa he wasn't reading a lot of mine but it, it was fun and it did force us into reading some things that we never would have and 
one of the reasons I'm excited about this podcast going forward, and again, the podcast from now on is not just going to be me talking like this. It's going to be us actually discussing, reviewing uh, a trade again next week, starting with Justice League Volume 1 of the New 52, and we'll talk about it very similar to the way we do it on our regular podcast each week. But a lot of the books that we read and talk about in this podcast coming up will be the first time that we're reading and talking about them ever, and I think that's exciting. And I think it was Carl in the Slack chat for the Get Fresh Crew, do, do, who mentioned that he did like the idea of this being a book club. And I, I'm actually I'm grabbing with I'm going with that is what I'm trying to say is I like that idea too and I love the idea that people will read these things for the first time and hopefully realize that no the new 52 was not all garbage I know a lot of people think that they think that it it had some problems at the end and then which led into rebirth and when rebirth came out that was a lot of people me included in my review for the rebirth special number one said this is Jeff Johns apologizing for the new 52 and not everything needed to be apologized for. There's a lot of really good things. So how will our podcast work? This is where I describe how the podcast will be going forward. Each episode will either feature a specific trade, a combination of trades, or a discussion of an event, crossover, or character. There will be a rotating bunch of people talking with me, Brandon, Eric, Reggie. If anybody wants to get involved, just let me know. We'll try to figure something out. Uh, So this is probably the last episode where you'll have to listen to me drawn on by myself. And I I wrote this before, so I actually already mentioned this. I've taken the suggestion to do this as a sort of book club. We'll be starting off next episode with Justice League Volume 1 Origin. And this will be every other week, so it'll give us a chance to read the books. I believe the Volume 1 of Justice League will be me, Eric, and Brandon talking about it that is what we have scheduled for now but at the end of each episode we'll let you know what we will feature on the next episode so you will have two weeks to read it before we discuss it i also want to mention that if you are listening and you want to read the just league volume one before we do it you don't have to buy it and i'm not going to mention anything illegal here uh, if you have a library card and your library is involved in that hoopla uh app that is on the Hoopla app. I actually, that's where I got it to reread it and to talk about it on the podcast. And yeah, it's on there. Just go to Hoopla. I believe it's H-O-O-P-L-A. Go there, get the app, sign up, put your credit or credit card, put your library card info in, and then just search Just League Volume 1, and it's there, and it has a... It has a pretty cool interface. It does have a guided view if you want it, and that guided view is nonsense. Just avoid that. But there you go. You have a free way to join in and read this. And not all – they do not have every volume of every New 52 book. They have a lot. They really do, and I think that I would guess from what I went through, maybe half to three-quarter of the stuff that we're going to start with is on there. Unfortunately, the second episode that we're going to have with the book, I told you Animal Man Volume 1, that is not on there. So we'll see how that goes. But like I said, at the end of each episode, we'll announce the next episode what the book will be. And I think that even then, I'll I'll let you guys know if that is available on the Hoopla, whatever, where you go. Maybe we'll even try to get a point where maybe Comixology does have some crazy you know, sales and stuff. And I'll, I'll try to point that out as well if I can remember But I also have set up 
an email. And I'm not going to promise that we're going to read a lot of emails because the regular podcast has ended up with us reading three hours of mail. Uh, but I will summarize things. If you keep it brief, I will read your comments. So if you read Justice League ahead of time and want to tell me what you think about it if briefly, uh, you can write in a little email. And it's it's new52reviewpodcast at gmail.com. Unfortunately, I just wanted to be new52review at gmail.com. And somebody had it. How would somebody have new52review? I know it's it's catchy. But really, that's taken. Also, I think I put the new 52 review. That's taken, too. So I don't know. I thought this was a new idea. I guess it isn't. But again, if you read it, want to comment on it, want to comment on anything in general, how you got in the new 52 again, you, you keep it brief, and then I'll probably read a bit of it on the podcast. You get long, and you just want to talk to me. You don't even want to write it for the podcast. just want to talk to me about it. Uh, go and do that as well. That'd be great. But yeah, that'd be great. So I'll see you next episode. As we jump headfirst in the new 52 with again Justice League Volume 1 Origin. And thanks a lot for listening to me drone on. See ya.